0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Christmas markets are back, as you know, uh, and to be supported because they invariably sell local produce, local crafts, local uh, games, local inventions. And as Black Friday looms next Friday week, you you can be guaranteed that we'll see an influx or an outflow of money out of the country to foreign manufacturers. So let's support Christmas markets. However, Sean Mernan contacted us. Sean, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good. Uh, you were looking at the array of Christmas markets and one of them... I was, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at it. I don't want to be the Christmas Grinch, as they say, or whatever, mm. but I was looking at the range of markets and they were all over the country and I said, sure, look, we go to some of them. And then suddenly as I went down through them, I saw one, yeah. which is in Dublin, and they were charging €12 Euros to get in. Now, I said to myself, €12 Euros to go and buy something. So I have to pay to go into the Christmas market to spend money. And if I brought my good lady wife or any of the grandchildren, I'd be paying 24 euros to get in and actually spend my money. And um, my point again is that the people who are on the stands need to make profit. I understand yeah, that. Yeah. But obviously the people who are running the market are charging for the space. So therefore okay. they should be making that profit. So I, I find it difficult that and in fact, I've thought about this for a while because it's not necessarily Christmas markets. There are other things where you're going and you're going to spend money there mm-hmm. and you have to pay pay to get in to uh, spend, spend, your, your money. spend your money. And you're saying so, uh, it's, thought, the, it's the RDS Christmas market you're talking about. It's the about. RDS Christmas market, yeah. Um, it, it's the 12, I think there are one or two ones because it does say uh, on some of them, no tickets needed, you know, just rack up. And then it says on this one, uh, tickets required uh, 12 euro. And you pay for, if you if you ride by car, you pay for parking separately. Exactly, you, want you do park, pay yeah. for parking. Yeah, anywhere, park yeah. Or if you go in and you want to have a cup of coffee, you have to pay, you have to pay for that. And uh, I just thought that... Um, and the, the, you know, the, the €12, Euro, it's not, it doesn't say it includes a €5 Euro voucher off any purchase. Well, not that I read now. I'd, I'd have to find the, find the supplement yeah, to the not, paper again. And it doesn't. And it, it, you know, I don't even know if it says if you were a, a senior citizen, there's a €10. Euro. But I, I, I know, I, I just find it difficult to have to pay into somewhere to spend money. What about the the fact that it's indoors and electricity and heating and infrastructure, well, toilets and yeah, and because well, if you take it, if I'm a, if I'm a person who is um, they selling my wares at the market, and I take a, a, a stall which is ten square meters, I'm getting charged by somebody by the square meter for that stand. Yeah, and I expect that they, you know, the people who are running this, they get paid. So therefore, why should the person going in to spend his money have to pay for the infrastructure of the market? And I wonder, I, does, I, everyone, I, does everyone pay the same amount at those markets, regardless of your turnover? In other words, there was, no, well, there was I, a beer... I, I, I'll explain another one. There was a beer festival yeah. on in Dublin in the old fruit market there on St. Patrick's Day. We covered it because it was quite expensive, but everything is expensive in Ireland, so there's no surprise there. Yeah. But the other thing we discovered was that every, every stall holder who had to pay to be there, you know, a beer company or whatever, they were selling um, nachos or uh, um, various samosa-type product. Every company that was there not only had to pay to be there, but they had to give a percentage of their turnover to oh, the gosh. no, that's and they all agreed it was all up front. Like and the way they did it was everyone, yeah, yeah. everyone had the same credit card um, machine, machine basically, and the the company who ran it, which totally legitimate, I heard it was quite busy. Um, they they actually also not, as well as charging in. Now you got you got a certain amount of beer free, um, but the beer right. and the beer and the pints I'm told weren't cheap, um, and. Then the stallholder paid, and then the stallholder paid a percentage of their turnover to the organisers. Even even more reason why the person going in shouldn't have to pay, because now the organisers getting paid twice. He's getting paid 
for the, the square footage mm. of the stand. And he's also getting a percentage of the turnover. Yeah, no, we don't. I, I presume that's not the case in the RDS. Well, no, I, 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 I we don't, don't know. I, I should say, I don't yeah, know yeah, if that's yeah, the case there. Yeah, yeah, but I'm but, presuming that the people know. there yeah. are paying by the square metre. Now, OK, they have to have electricity and they have to have security. And, you know, I mean, these people, again, they're having a stand in some of these mm. cases. And I would notice maybe from a previous life that they possibly have to have their own insurance that they're not covered by the insurance of the venue. For instance, I don't know if that's the case now, so I, I could only... That might be a situation where they do have to do this. You know, and, like, in all honesty, my whole point, again, like, is, why, you know, if, if you go into Harvey Norman's to buy something, you don't have to pay to go in. I go into Blanche or, or Liffey Valley. Yeah, exactly. Or, or exactly. Long, you go yeah. into Liffey Valley... And I mean, even, you, you, okay, you have to pay to park in, in Liffey Valley, but you don't have to pay to park in Blanche. You don't have to pay to park in a lot of these places. So, you know, again, it's just, as I said, okay, probably okay. being the Christmas. Well, I'm says, probably being the Grinch, but I, I do feel well, that you see, we shouldn't the, well, have to the, pay. well, the other thing that, that, that were the, the background of all of this, the cost of living crisis and the fact that consumer expenditure has actually dropped this year. Uh, Madeline, Madeline O'Connell, uh, 51551joe.rt.ie is our uh, simple email. Madeline, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? Where, uh, great, thanks. Where, where are you? I'm in Castlereagh, County of Scammon. Okay, and do you do a Christmas craft and food fair? Yeah, we've been doing it for about the last 10 years in the local community centre Enterprise Hub. So it's indoors? Uh, it's indoors, yeah. Okay. And we have we'll have about seventy stands booked in already and a waiting list. We charge the stand holders, but we don't charge entry. Ah. And I wouldn't dream of doing so. Why not? Well, if I to charge people to come in, that means even if I charge them a fiver each to come in, yeah. um, they wouldn't have that fiver to spend with the stand holder. And it's the stand holders who make the fair. You know, if the more stand holders okay. we have and the greater variety of standholders we have, you know, the more um, interest there is for people yeah. to come to us. And, who, and, and who, I must say, we've been... Sorry. No, you go. No, sorry, I shouldn't be. Uh, you know, uh, people do support the, 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 yeah. the fair every year. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's been a great success. In fact, we have people ringing us from all over saying, can they come to our, to our um, fair? Brilliant, brilliant. And is is it a modest fee that people pay to be there or do you have to cover insurance and electricity? Yeah, and no, yeah. no, we charge, it's, it's, in, a, it's a, in a large community hall yeah. in the Enterprise Hub and we charge €30 Euro for the table and we give people understands vouchers for tea and coffee during the day. Oh, for God's and, sake. Um, you know, and most people, you know, do well out of the day. So it's 30 quid to get in for a sand, yeah. for a trader. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I say, Har- I say Harvey Norman are loading up the truck now on airside. They're on their way. <laughs> well, I'm afraid they're too late. We're, we're fully booked up to December the 3rd. Oh. We're, we're, on, we're on Sunday, the December the 3rd from 10 o'clock till 4. Now, so do, do you hopefully have people a, will come out and join yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. In the Hope and on December 3. Now, um, do, you, do you limit, do you have to say you're, you have to be from Roscommon? Oh, God, no, no. No, it can be from anywhere. Most of the producers are local. Yeah, we yeah. have all sorts. We have candles, we have woodwork, we have food, we have um, you know local producers of all kinds coming right, in to right. take a table. Well, you see, I love the idea because because there's such an onslaught on Black Friday um, yeah, of small yeah. small. And you you think even putting a fiver on entry would would deter people? Well, I'd sooner to spend the fiver. Yeah, to be quite yeah honest, exactly. This is a great argument. Yeah. And like, That's there's things there for less than a fiver. We have one young fella, he's, he would start when he was about 10, 11 or 12, making reindeer with his dad. And he sold hundreds of them the first time he came. Now, he's one of our main uh, draws every year. Uh, he's in first year in school. So we <laughs> encourage the local enterprise group as well. The local and what does he make? How, how does he make his really popular reindeer, dear? He just makes little reindeers out of, out of um, cut timber. And um, like the first year he did it, everybody that went out had one or two of them under their arms. It was just amazing, you know. And we have other people then that are just, you know, they're knitting or they're crocheting or they're making cakes or buns or, um, you know, local enterprise. And you have to encourage it. I presume it's like I'm just thinking of costs again. You have to decorate the hall in a Christmassy. (laughs) 
No, well, well, when everybody, well, we do put up Christmas trees yeah. and have Christmas music going in it and everything. But the, the stands, the stalls themselves, you know, when they're all the tables are set up, like when you're there on Saturday evening and all the tables are bare, the place looks just bare. Yeah. And then they come in early on Sunday oh, morning and they fill up with all there. So it's yeah. just lovely and Christmassy that way. And uh, you can see all the tables, like there's no breaks between them. So when you come into the hall, you can see oh, all the magic, different tables. Yeah. 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 Good atmosphere. Yeah, great atmosphere and great support from our local community. And how many stands? How many part. stands can you take on average? Uh, last year, I had seventy-three. And how many have you got so far? Uh, Seventy-two, and <laughs> one, one I'm waiting for a confirmation. Yeah. Okay. Where's the state? <laughs> and, I, and and I have a waiting list. <laughs> okay. Um, Carmel Lennon. Carmel. Good afternoon, Joe at RT.ie. Um, Hello, Joe. You're, how you're, are you? You're how listening. are you doing? You're listening. I was listening, Joe, yes, and yeah, I did. Yeah, um, Yeah. This, I have this little rant every year with my sister because we tend to go. And every year I give out yards at the cost of getting in. Yeah. The cost of um, the, the parking. Uh, I was in the RDS there recently, and the parking has almost doubled in the last couple of years. But anyway, getting back to the gifted fair, it's a lovely fair. Lovely stalls, lovely people, couldn't knock it at all. Yeah, yeah. But the cost of getting in is astronomical and it's scandalous. See, because yeah. what's happening is people are not going because it's so expensive. And are who's they? missing out? Only the stall holders, you know? Wow, yeah. And it's a huge event. There's probably a couple of hundred stalls there. So the organisers are making quite a lot of money as it is. And to charge people, uh, I'm not sure what that man said. Is it is it 12 euros 12 this year? 12 this year, yeah. Yeah. I think it was 10 maybe last year. But I totally agree with that man. And I wanted to bring this subject up, a couple, I think, a year or two ago. And I sent you an email. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't phone in today. Now, your researcher has contacted okay. well, me. found your email. Uh, well done. Because he found the email. Brilliant. But I totally agree with that last speaker. Um, paying money in to spend a wad of money. And does your ticket, Carmel, do you remember, and Sean, come in if you've been there, like, does your ticket into the RDS, does it put you into a raffle or anything? Does it... It doesn't give you anything, Joe. Nothing, okay. It does You would imagine it would give you even a free cup of coffee, but it doesn't, and you know yourself that everything in there is expensive. They hype yeah. up the cost of coffees and little cakes and... The parking, I cannot understand why they have to charge so much money for the parking. It's disgraceful, really. Well, you see, it's also, and I'm glad that man has brought it up again today, yeah, well done, you know. Sean, okay. Well, one of the reasons they can charge so much for parking is if, if, you, if you decide to park on the street, now, people say get the bus or the dart or whatever. If you decide to park on the street in Dublin, you're going to pay more than seven quid for two hours. It's, it's more than seven in the RTS oh, at the okay? moment. I, I was in there at the, the, the work skills a couple of weeks ago and um, I, I paid 10 euro parking. Okay. And I questioned it and I said, I was here recently and it was only seven. And he said, well, it's gone up. Everything has gone up, which is it's understandable things are going to go up. But parking to go up by three euro, I think is a bit rich from such a, a wealthy organisation as the RDS. Well, they say you know, we're well. They say we're private. We're private operation. Yeah, we're, yeah but I mean, they, they, okay. You, you know, are you going? So are you are you going? Well, am I going after that moan? Um, I haven't decided <laughs> yet, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I haven't decided this year, yeah. Joe. But I'm definitely going to go around a lot of the local markets. Yeah, There's yeah. Some beautiful markets in 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 all the towns now. Okay. And I'm going to support local this year. And then if I have a few bob left, well, you never know. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 if I can afford. And how long would you spend in the RDS? Ah, should we go in and look around, do two loops of all the stalls, have yeah. coffee and a chat? Yeah, it's yeah, a lovely day out, yeah, Joe. Yeah, There's I no agree. doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. You can't argue with that, but it's frightfully expensive. Okay, and especially in the year you that's know? in it. And they, if they've yeah. gone from from 10 to 12, it's, it's up by 20%. Sure. Do they think they're the ESB or something, putting stuff up by 20%? Okay. Yeah, and you may, you may say get the bus out, but you know I live a good distance from yeah, it, and yeah. it's a it's a bit of a journey. And you know if you buy stuff, then it's nice to have the cart to, yeah, to fill the yeah, boot. Yeah. You know, so okay, Carmen, I know you're running to collect. Yep, I'm going to collect if my little darling. Great, great. 
Sean, uh, if safe traveling, Carmen. Fa- if you That's want to make Carmen. a family day of it, yeah. it's even worse. Yeah. You know, and yes, something exactly. like that should be that you would go with the family, maybe bring your children or bring your grandchildren or whatever, and make, as Carmen says, make a day of it. And to, to, like every most other markets uh, uh, that I'm aware of, I have to fly now, Sean and Joe. Thank you. Okay, yeah, mind you, you're the child. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Yeah, thanks, Carmen. Most of the other, most of the other markets, you know, are. are free, or if even if it was for the charity, if it was something that the Pins and the Paul said we're setting up oh, a wow. market and we're charging a fiver in, and the fiver will go to the to the, to, you might have some sympathy for them. Yeah, we've but asked, we've that, asked the RDS to come on, but uh, stay to stay with us, Joe at RT.ie five one double five one text number. Uh, Anne Flood went to the RDS to the Art Source Art Exhibition, which is on at the minute. And again, it's aimed at the Christmas market. And anything that uh, supports local artists is welcome. And what was your experience, please? Well, Joe, that lady got in ahead of me. Uh, it's the car parking I found was completely overpriced. I'm an old age pensioner. I didn't want to park in some side street in the dark and mm-hmm. in the terrible the traffic that was there. So I drove into the RDS. And lo and behold, the parking was 10 euros. I couldn't believe it. Now, I myself was only wanting to see one particular stand. Okay. And that was my decision. It was 8 euros in for an old age pensioner, which I'm not particularly objecting to. But I was there for about an hour and it cost me 10 euros for the parking, 8 euros to get in. And I spent 8 euros 40 on coffee and a pastry. So it was a very expensive hour out. But it's the car parking. I think it's utterly overpriced. It's a ridiculous price. And tell us, just explain to listen, what is Art Source? What is it, the art exhibition? Oh, gosh, you're asking me now. No, um, so it's, all, it's all artists, I presume. It's all art yeah, and brilliant. culture and that. And if you wanted to spend several hours there, there's no doubt you could. Hmm. I didn't want to. As I say, I wanted to go to one particular stand. So um, I suppose maybe if you were spending hours there, maybe 10 euros would be good. But why not pay per hour, as is normal on the street or in a car mm. park somewhere else? Oh, it's it's, it's a 10 euro for everybody, regardless. 10 euro to enter oh, your car yeah. in the RDS, yes. yes. But you see, do you not think the rates are levelled against or benchmarked against the on-street parking rates? And indeed, the... the uh, uh, multi-storey parking rates in Dublin are akin to New York at this stage. I know just... and I do find them very expensive but 10 euros just to go in and go out. As I say if you were spending hours there maybe it would be good value but um, in other car parking places you mm. pay by the hour that you're there. Not in the RDS it's just 10 euros to go in full stop. Okay. And by the way when you say you went you, you knew the artists you were looking for? I did. I did. And did you find yes. them? Did you find them? I like did. Or, I did. And did you, yes. did you buy anything? Uh, they didn't have what I wanted oh, there okay. and then, but I will be buying brilliant, when I brilliant. go to the studio this week. Brilliant, yes. brilliant, brilliant. Um, and that's, that's a great way of doing it as well, because when you go to the studio... The artist gets all of the artist gets all the money, and as you exactly. know, there are no wealthy exactly. no wealthy artists in Ireland. I can no, tell you. No, so no. Buy, so buy buy your I local art. Go to your local thing. art. Go to your local art exhibition. Go, uh, go go uh, go and support your your, your um, locals in every sense of the word. But I take it I did not not in the RDS. Yeah, I, I know, I, and I didn't know it was ten euro, regardless. Yes, ten euro. Regardless, just to go yeah, in. yeah. Mm. Um, parking in Dublin, the yellow zone at the moment is three fifty an hour. Um, yeah, but and, if you're and, only uh, going for an hour, you pay three fifty. Yeah, I was only true. going for an hour, and I paid ten euros. And most of Dublin is in the yellow zone now. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's especially including around the RDS. Okay, Anne, good to meet you, Where's Tom? Tom, you're listening to Sean. Tom Bramell, go ahead, Tom. Um, how you doing? Good. I'm a new ring in with regard, I have a stand at the RDS annually right. for the last ten years or so. And okay. um the I you I was listening to your first caller there with regard to the twelve euro charge and yeah. uh, I can understand where he's coming from, but it's don't mix up the organizer with the RDS as a venue. The RDS charge for rental 
to the organiser and the organiser passes that on and the way he passes that on it seems to me is the stallholder pays the bulk and whoever is visiting the, the, the RDS is going to pay in to, to enter or if they have any kind like most exhibitors will get a minimum of 50 to 100 free passes to offer out to their potential customers I so they're they're there to be got but it's not the organiser how do you, how do you get them you have to pay in to get them no, you don't. We say, for example, <laughs> my business is Homeland Candles, and Lovely. I email my customer base, or I'll put a post on ah, Facebook okay. or social media, and they'll contact me. Anybody that would be interested in buying my products, and they 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 get their free pass in. But not everybody will avail of that. But all I'm doing is saying, don't mix up the organizer okay. with the owner of the RDS. Okay, Sean, Sean, uh, yeah. Thomas, Thomas addressing some of your points. Do you want to ask him? I, 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 I understand it. Sean, yeah. Yeah, go on. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I understand exactly what he's saying. But the organiser, as uh, the stall holders are paying the organiser. You know what I mean? Yes, we are. And, okay, he, 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 he and that, that's where his profit should be coming from. Because the people, as I said earlier on, if I go with my lady wife or I go with somebody else, I have to part for 24 euros that I could buy 24 euros worth of your candles. Hmm. But no, you have to par- go you're, parking, you're parking for 10 euros at the RDS charger and you're paying 12 euros per person in. Um fair enough but, but if so you now weren't it's, now, now it's 34 now it's 34 oh, euros yeah. yeah I know I know and <laughs> trust me when I go to Dublin when I go when I stay I stay in a hotel while I'm up there and by God you know when you're in Dublin with the prices everybody charges by the time I get from the hotel to the RDS to my stand each morning I'll have I'll be down 12 or 15 euro and I would have bought very little for it yeah. and Tom, um, Tom can can I ask you um, is it is it um has your cost of renting your st- your space has that gone up? Uh, it's not that much, but it goes up annually. But your average spend for a, a stand in there, depending on the size of the stand, is in the region of two thousand euro. Wow. Um, wow. Plus you have your hotel expenses and all the rest of it. So you do need to do business while you're there. Okay. But and I I I tell you I did. Plenty of events around the country, okay. and um, they, like any of the decent events, like we'll charge the punter to enter. Uh, but, mm-hmm. And it, it is it is a kind of by doing that, they will justify that charge in my mind to relieve the costs on the standholder. If there wasn't a potential of. Mm-hmm. Uh, a certain amount of income by the people that are entering the RDS, just for example. There's the Valley Maloucraft Fair as well in Cork, and there's the Cork City Hall Show, which used to go on, but it stopped since COVID. There's an interest, always an interest charge to the bigger events. And the reason for it is because if it wasn't there, the standholder will be paying more. Um, and as well as that, like most serious buyers, if they're, if they're shopping, looking at the quality of the event, they don't, most people don't really mind. Uh, uh, no, it's in fairness, you'd rather it wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't there, the stand holder, the cost of the stand is going to rise. It has to. And that, that's just my reading of it. I don't know who's wrong or who's right. I would mm-hmm. love to be paying an awful lot less for the stand. It's very hard to do. It's a hard show to do because of when you add up the costs and the take, mm-hmm. there, there's very little margin for mistake. Um, okay. So it's you have to give it serious thought before you actually participate. But look, it's the RDS is dictating the cost. It's, the, it's the, the ground rent. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's yeah. the ground rent. The organisers will rent the ground from the RDS and they'll put huge money into marketing the event. They'll, they have to buy all these um, stands set up. They'll okay. have to pay all these people in advance. So, like, do you know what I mean? It's business... It's, you know, so and if you don't, yeah, it's the location I, I, as well. Yeah. But I'd stay, stay there, Tom, because Joyce, I, sorry for holding it, Joyce. I'm going to, Joe, you're I'm going. going to have to go because going. I'm in okay. the middle of something else. But well, I tell thanks you, for taking my call. Best to look with home, Homeland, and I know I couldn't hold a candle homeland, to you. Yeah, Homeland, well done. Candles. homeland <laughs> candles, get <laughs> it in there, Joyce. Joyce, <laughs> Belfast. Hi, Joe, how are you? Just Good. please excuse my, my voice, I'm at home from work sick. Um, okay. Yeah, must, I, and, I and, just, Hang on, Joyce. If you, you sound great. 
Oh God! In case your boss is in case your boss is listening, would you put on an old husky voice or, and do? Can you can you do a cough every two minutes? Do a cough. I'll, I'll try it. Okay. You know, the best thing about being at home, Joe, is I can listen to your. Show. Ah, I'm not going to complain in that way. But um, I was telling your researcher, yeah, we I take my two teenagers up to the Belfast City Market at Christmas, ah, and that's yeah. free in. You don't pay anything. Fabulous. And, and what's it like? Beautiful. Is it it's outdoors or indoors? No, it's outdoors. So and it's around it's around City Hall, isn't it? It's, it's in the ground, City right Hall. in slap bang it's in the middle. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous, all yeah. lit up. And if you don't buy any goods, you just could get something to eat. Yeah, you know, yeah. have a walk. You can go back the next day if you don't. If the weather's not good because you're not paying in. And then what we did last year, we went. We had a great time at the market. Next morning, we went to the George's Arcade Market in Belfast, which is also free. And okay, that's indoors, isn't I it? I mean, you don't, yeah. that's indoors, yeah. So you don't have to, I don't know if we need to normalise the, the the entry fee. Hmm. There are markets out there that are free, you know. Okay. <laughs> and you don't, you don't pay in, yeah. God, you sound, you sound, now. you should be in bed, Joyce. You <laughs> should, shouldn't be on the phone. You sound uh, really Joe, maybe awful. I am in bed, maybe I am in bed. <laughs> <laughs> In bed with me dinner. And come here, when, when, uh, when, when, you know when you're back on work? Oh God, if I don't get back soon, I'll go crazy. I'll hopefully Wednesday. Yeah. And how long, how long have you been out for? I've been out for the week. That'll oh, be a whole thing. Driving me crazy at home. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, you didn't get COVID or anything? Testing negative, but chest infection. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like everybody at this yeah. time of year, you know, I suppose it's just the time we're in. Yeah. Okay, you sound yeah. thanks. Thanks for that. Now, Belfast no, Market. No, my pleasure. Yeah, Belfast, and, yeah. and pleasure listening to you as well, Joyce. And get well soon. Uh, That's Joyce. Joe. God bless you. Bye See now, you. Bye bye, bye bye. Bye bye. You too. Many more bye. of them. That's the first one. Happy can Christmas. I, Thank I you, Joyce. Sean, yes. Can I ask something again, this Joe? I'd say an awful lot of the people who are in the RDS, the stall holders, they go around to other markets in the country where they don't have to pay. And, mm. uh, you know, I'd rather go and buy. And, and some of the quality of some of the stuff that you see there, like jewellery and uh, wooden pieces and all that stuff, and the candles of that last man had the candles, an awful lot of those people who are in the RDS will also be, you know, in the one in Kilkenny or the one in Swords yeah, or the okay. one somewhere okay. else. And, okay. and I would rather give my €36 Euro to them in Kilkenny than I would, give it out there because I don't have to pay okay. in because they are the life and blood of these markets and they are the craft okay. people. Okay. And, you know, and yeah, just, yeah, you know. That point's well made and local, local, local. Mia, Mia Carney's yeah. in Tipperary. Go ahead, Mia. Hi. Yeah, Joe, I was just listening to you. Um, I've been organising the Kilcash Art Craft Food Fair for the past, oh God, it's well over 15 years. It started off just as an exhibition of local artists and it's sort of well, grown so. and expanded. Oh yeah, and it's brilliant. We've a fantastic hall down there in a great community. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with with, with charging people in. We charge the stall holders, all right, mm-hmm. because obviously it's a fully heated building. We pay for insurance, electricity. It's all on a meter, as is the heating. So that's like like a big two quid, I think, for half an hour's worth of heating. And I mean, you don't want to go into a really cold community centre. Yeah, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. But what yeah, about, yeah. but Mia, what about things like insurance? Well, we're lo- we're lucky. I think. Uh, hopefully, you now I ho- hope I'm not corrected on this one. But our our we're allowed to have a certain amount of community events okay. in the hall, and this is down as a community event. So the insurance is covered by the hall, and then all the stallholders have their own their own bits and pieces. So, yeah. But it is it's insurance that it's oh it's really it's killing it's killing this country. It's absolutely killing it. Like my insurance, my household insurance this year has gone up by five hundred quid. Yeah, I know. Um, everything like you go to do anything you have to be insured like with, with our hall it's absolutely it's a fantastic venue but like anybody coming in there to do anything has to have their own insurance even though we have insurance in the hall yeah, so an awful lot of these big events if you've got like the, the that place you were talking about up in Dublin like you, I mean that, that insurance for that must be absolutely colossal like I can't even begin to imagine what that must mm-hmm. be and then you have I mean people don't think like I know charging the stall holders you think oh it should be for free or whatever just turn up but you've got to do all the promotion I mean I swear to God I spend 20 odd hours a day on the phone Damn. between Facebook Instagram and um, promoting everything and, and like, it, it takes a lot of time you've got to write all the stuff up you've got to do all the photographs well you're given the photographs by everybody but it's, it's a huge amount of work goes into any sort of event designing posters we've lucky we've got um, 
a teenager in the village who is a whiz kid on the phone at design and stuff Brilliant. and she's designed all our posters Naya Ahern I'd be absolutely lost without her because I, there's no way I could do okay, it Ok quick get the but plug in when, when, when are you on when is it on we're the 2nd and 3rd of December um, okay. we raise a bucket load of money for charity every right. year and we have one kill cash yeah, in Kilcatch up on Schlievenamon. Okay. We've one woman who's, this is, the, this is the type of community thing we have. We have one woman who will bake, all this fant- Italian woman, she bakes all these amazing goodies. She comes to make wow. coffee. Every penny she raises goes to one of the, um, I think it's, um, it's not Paws, it's one of the other um, animal charities. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. That we call old dogs. Like she, she okay. puts so much work into that. That's fantastic. So it's a community thing. And are you, are, are you doing this point. voluntarily, Mia? Oh are yeah, I love it, I love it. Oh, oh wow. and I, I paint. I'm an artist as well, oh, so I'll have my stuff in there. Okay. So I'm at the very far end of the hall, sort of over. Okay, the far everything. end, yeah, yeah, the big sign yeah, in, yeah. in Kid Cash. In uh, and in fact, I'm going down to Askmore just outside, um, just outside Gory on Wednesday night to open their community arts against all oh, volu- their community Christmas art uh, exhibition and uh, encourage people. That goes on till Saturday, and that's opening on oh. uh, Wednesday night. Um, thanks, Anne Governor, before the break, Anne. Hi, Joe. How, How are, are you? you? The RDS charging into a Christmas market. Well, just not just the charge, the parking and the extras. And Well, from what I remember, Joe, last year, um, it was greatly reduced because oh. I always loved going into the food emporium. And yeah. that was amalgamated outside in the main ah. hall with all the other stands. So it was greatly reduced. So obviously they're not getting as many stands. Mm. Um, I think it's terrible to charge people for the entry fee. Now, some of the newspapers, uh, a few days before the exhibition, they actually put a coupon into their paper and that will give you free access. Okay, so you get you get there's an incentive to go. A free entry, yeah. yeah, you get a free entry for two people. But the people who on the stands, gosh, they work so hard. Yeah. Because one of my nieces has exhibited there for the last few years. And even though it's been successful, it's hard work, you know, by the time they bring everything in, load it. Yeah, and it's yeah. long hours in there. And is, they've yeah. got to pay for their... Unless they bring their own, you know, food in, they've got to pay for everything, their coffees That's and everything. Okay. John Teagan, John, thanks, Anne. John Teagan okay. in Fairhouse. Thank thanks, Anne. Yes, your, your, your point, please, John. Joe, very quickly, um, I think if you don't want to go to the RDS... Don't don't yeah, pay in. Yeah, There's okay. lots of a lot a lot of the people who who uh, have stands at the RDS also have stands in local markets around the country because they're from outside of Dublin. A lot of them. The, the quality of the stuff is beautiful. I cannot deny that. It's really really okay. beautiful. Uh, uh, the, the the craft and and nothing would pay you for the time that goes into craft. Nothing would ever pay you. I know that. I know just, that. There's lots of fabulous markets around the country, not least of them. Fairhouse Community Market on the 2nd and 16th of December, 11 to 4. Loads of parking, no um, no, no entrance charge, and everything. Every okay. single thing in that market, everything is made in Fairhouse, Joe. Every single thing. Okay, well done. Well said, John Teagan, Fairhouse, Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. At our own Christmas events, um, you notice I've published books during uh, Christmas week. We'll be doing our top 10 highs and lows. That's your vote uh, of uh, 2023 uh, before we end the year. And then on Christmas Eve, which is the day before Christmas this year, and it's a Sunday and it's December 24th. And we will be uh, in at the junction of uh, Duke Street and Grafton Street uh, from nine o'clock on Christmas Eve morning. Um, And we will have our, uh, I think it's the 49th, believe it or not, established by the late great Gay Button in 19, I think it was 1973. I looked it up uh, recently, 1973. So it's the 49th year of uh, Grafton Street. Uh, I think we've done it on a Sunday a few times. 
and um, it's 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 always a great atmosphere and it'll be a great day because I don't think given that Christmas Eve is on the Sunday hopefully people will have done their shopping and their uh, stuff they have to do on the Saturday but maybe Sunday will be a more relaxing day Christmas Eve and it's uh, it's magic around that part of the city and indeed every part of every city but Christmas Eve uh, in uh, Grafton Street um, between 9 and um, 11 OK Julie Bork just go back to Chris, Christmas markets again um, Hi, Joe. Julie, you, you, you okay? You say you would not mind paying a cover charge. No, I wouldn't if it was shared with the market owners. So my whole thing is, if you're going to take a cover charge off people coming in, I would love to know that at least half of that goes to the stall owners who've put the risk up and put their stall in. So instead of maybe charging them two grand to put their stall in for the Christmas market, charge them 1500 and tell them, listen, no matter what happens, you're going to get X amount off us because we charge a cover charge to make sure you walk away with something. It's, mm. it's a huge risk. It's a lot of money they have to put up front to go into these stalls. I personally wouldn't pay to go into a market to spend my money. I support a lot of markets and I love going to them and promoting them and helping yeah. share a good product. But... No way am I going to pay twelve euros to go in for the privilege to go in and spend my money in there. But so overheads indoors, insurance, especially insurance in this day and age, electricity gone up, uh, gas gone yeah, up. Yeah, but they're already charging the stall owners that. That's what they charge them for okay. is to cover. So why charge twice? It's a double bubble. It's maybe reduce what you're charging then. Well, we heard that we, 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 we heard a few minutes ago from uh, Tom. Uh, the the uh, candle uh, homeland candles. I have to remember that. Yeah. Homeland candle. Um, <laughs> they will never get on your week. They're very very popular. And, uh, and um, he said he's paying two grand to get into the RDS. That's my point. But what if they charged him fifteen hundred and said, "Listen, we're going to reduce what we charge you. We're going to pass a bit of the cost down to the customer. But at least if we make twenty grand." Mm. 10 grand will be shared out equally amongst all the stall owners, which means everybody gets a little bit back. So okay. if somebody, if you're not in a great spot where you're getting a lot of foot traffic, you're still going to make a little bit of money out of the event because you're not going to okay. walk away. Okay, that's, a, that's another idea. Okay, thanks indeed, Julie. Uh, thanks, I want to go back just for clarification to a story we did on Friday when we were doing our uh, Heroes and uh, a number of them that were uh, awarded on Friday especially James Nichol, who got a posthumous gold award, bravery award from, from the government, basically. Um, and that is a very, very, very rare occurrence. So again, uh, it's, it's um, some comfort to the family of James Nichol, who drowned uh, trying to rescue another man from the River Liffey late at night. Um, and um, you would have read that story in the papers. But that generated a number of stories, one of which was Richard Clark. Richard, good afternoon again. Good afternoon, Joe. How now, are you? you told us on Friday you were you were three years of age when somehow you ended up in the Royal Canal in Dublin, mm-hmm. and uh, we we a number of people said it was a lot more. Now, not that you would remember it difficulty, it would be a, it was a lot more dramatic than you remember it, and you were in a lot more danger than you. Tell us what happened. Just remind us. Well, I, uh, uh, I was out playing with my cousin who was over visiting from England and I ended up in the canal. And um, there was obviously a commotion there. There was some ESB people, I think, mm. building a substation up the way and they tried to get me out. One or two of them tried to get me out. But as luck would have it, there was a young gentleman cycling down mm-hmm. the canal coming from... Uh, Belvedere College, and uh, he, I think he may have been learning life saving or something like that. I'm okay. not 100 percent certain, but he jumped in and he pulled me out. Wow, that's that's where we're at at the moment. And, so, and uh, where did where did this where did this chap go? Well, he just I don't he, he know. just got on his bike and cycled home. There was there was an article in the newspaper, uh, I think that evening or the following evening about the rescue, mm-hmm. um, and he lived in Ballymun, but I never heard any more. I, I did, I did try maybe about yeah. ten years ago. A colleague of mine in work sent a letter to the address that was in the newspaper, yeah, okay. but we never got any reply. So oh, I pity, don't know what the story is. It is a pity, and when you? I heard all the. 
all the, the, the rightful sort of uh, admiration for the gentleman, the 94-year-old gentleman that yes. saved that girl. Right, and he yeah. got a medal for it. I said, he should get a medal. He was he was a hero. He done the very same thing. Yeah. And the people who tried to get me out, the ESP yeah, men okay. as well. And do you yeah. think that young man on the bike saved your life? He more he definitely did, yeah. Yeah, OK. Because okay. I had been, I was told what that age I was nearly would, 10 minutes But I'm trying to work out, what age would he be now? He'd be a good age. He'd be into his 80s. Ah. He was 14 when this, when he saved me. He'd be, wow. I would say, probably 80. Four eighty-five. Maybe. And his name, you see, but we looked at the paper. His name apparently was Paul Jackson, and we mentioned this on Friday. Paul Jackson, that's correct. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. Paul, Paul Jackson, can you tell us exactly what age you are now? Uh, uh, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eighty-two. Eighty-two. I'm eighty-two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! And do you remember saving yeah. Richard's life? Oh, I I remember very vividly, to be honest. Yes, indeed. Mm. Okay, well, take us. You're cycling up from Belvo. Well, it kind of started in so far as uh, I was in detention after school because okay. I hadn't completed my homework. <laughs> <laughs> and as a result of it, I couldn't go to rugby practice, which I would normally have done on that particular day. Yeah. And uh, so I had to cycle home directly rather than going to the rugby. So oh, okay. that was the first thing. And the second thing was I was cycling and my bicycle had a loose chain. Okay. And the chain the chain came off the bicycle wow. as I got to the crest of the actual bridge yeah. uh, at the canal. And I, I, I got off to repair, I suppose, to put back on the chain. And I heard a commotion and I heard some loud, very, somebody crying a lot and that. Okay. Uh, making quite some, quite a, quite a noise. And I looked over the bridge and I saw somebody pointing into the water and there were some men hanging around. I went around hanging around. They were concerned as well. Yeah, okay. So I went down to have a look and I was told that a child had fallen in. Well, that was, that was our got, Richard, yeah. And, and that, was, that was Richard and he had gone to the bottom, I was told. So I took off my shoes and took off my jacket and I jumped in. Wow. And could you see Paul as you jumped in? Did you know no. where you... No. No. I no, think the water I mean, had been muddy by the ESB people jumping in. God, okay, so you jump in, yeah. you yeah. jump in. Yeah. Uh, you then, were, yeah. Was, was there a shock as you hit the water? Or? Well, I don't remember that. Okay. I was a young fellow, I wouldn't have given a damn about a shock. Good lad. <laughs> Good lad. the water. So how did, you, you, how did you get your hands on, on Richard? Well, I, I went down once yeah. and I couldn't see. Wow. And I kind of, I felt, I felt I was being pulled towards the actual lock, oh, and uh, that was that was because there was a hole in the lock for the water, the oh, surface okay. water to yeah. get through. Yeah. So when I came back up, I think I think somebody indicated to me that it was a bit further okay. away from the gate. So I went down a second time, and fortunately, uh, uh, I, I hit the right spot and saw him just about, and I took him by the leg, I think it was, and hauled him up. Good God. <laughs> Good God. And, okay. What, is, what okay. a chain of events. <laughs> what is, so, so, but Paul, when you came yeah. up the first time. Yes. And you hadn't been successful. And yes. the, And it was murky. Were you, yes. Were you, were you inclined to leave it at that? Were you inclined to say, God, I'm never going to fall. How long has this child been under this water? You were, you were determined to keep going. Oh, I would have, yeah, yes. Okay. Well, you see, I was, I was quite a strong swimmer Good for man. a fourteen-year-old, and uh, I, I would, have, I would have been pretty good at swimming underwater in the in the baths and in Charles <coughs> Street, excuse me, yeah, in the baths in Street yeah, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. but there's a big difference there yeah. between the baths in Charles Street and the canal. <laughs> the nanner. Anyway, so so you so you grab Richard by the leg. You yes. pull him up, and I pull him up. And as you're pulling him up, did you think it was you you had a chance of saving his life? Well, I I I always I I did know a little bit about uh, artificial respiration and that, mm. and uh, I knew that there was you know there was a good chance if you got somebody, uh, you know I yeah, would have talked yeah. seven or eight minutes now. Uh, Richard is suggesting that it was he was under for ten minutes, which good would have God. been quite considerable. All right. 
Well, I, I got them up, and the, the, the ESB men that were there kind of had to take them from me, and uh, I got up then, kind of started artificial respiration. But it was the ESB men that took over doing the artificial respiration. Yeah. Because the effects of water and electric shock are somewhat similar. Okay, okay. So you're oh, standing yeah. there, drenched. And do you, do you remember? Do you remember, Paul, what Richard looked like? Can you remember anything about a three-year-old that you, whose life you saved? Well, I dropped into the I dropped into the, his his grandfather's uh, home okay. about two days later, oh, and I saw man. him running around, and he wasn't he wasn't the worst for wear. That's oh, what I Paul, did know. I so. <laughs> Paul, I never heard that you had dropped in. That never that news never found found me. But anyway, thank you very much. Not, not at all. I'm delighted oh, to hear that life has been good to you, etc. So, and it has been, and I'm delighted to hear that you're you're still ready to spring into action as well. So, it was an amazing series of events what with the boy series. breaking down and you being detained yeah. at school yeah. and yeah. everything. It was meant all to be. You were land. you were meant to be saved, Richard. Oh, Richard. Yeah, you, yeah. you were meant I, to I, be I, saved. I, I was very relieved as well because, you see, I knew that by being in detention, when I arrived home, I hadn't gone to rugby practice and arrived home, I was in for some trouble. Okay. The very fact <laughs> that I kind of had this story to tell when I got home was... certainly saved the day from my point of view. And you were sopping wet. <laughs> well, somebody, a bus driver, I remember, brought me to his house nearby oh, and wow. uh, changed clothes oh. for me and dried me, etc. And then oh, I went home. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah. And at what time yeah. do you, so what, this would have been about four or five o'clock in the afternoon, would it? I would say we would have finished, because, uh, uh, if I was having rugby practice, would have meant that we were finished school about half two, maybe quarter to three. Right. So it would have been about four o'clock, maybe quarter past four. Yeah. Oh, well done. Well Somewhere done. in that region. And, and Paul, and it was your wife who heard it and, and got in touch with us over the weekend. She did, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, and Paul, um, yeah. how, how's the rest of your life going? Since you were fourteen, extremely well. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been blessed with good health, thank goodness. Yeah, and, obviously. Uh, that's so, so uh, I'm still and going what did strong, you do? Yeah. What did you do after Belvedere? I, 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 I most of my working life was with the EBS Building Society. Oh, the EBS. I was okay. a branch manager with them. Yeah. Great, great. The Educational Building Society. Yeah, yeah. And do you still swim? Well, I tell you, I, I I was up to a few years ago. I was swimming all right, but uh, I haven't done so since. Uh, I've kind of, I suppose, <laughs> realised my age and decided not. And would you swim I indoors? Used to swim down in Ackle Island and that, yeah. No, but yeah. would you swim indoors? I, I was never that fond of well, swimming indoors because okay. of the water, the with the chlorine, chlorine and that in the yeah. water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. it was mainly sea swimming. I would Fantastic. Have, done that. have you yeah. have you ever rescued anyone else, Paul? No, no, no. That was the only. But you know, there was another interesting aspect in so far as my father worked in the ESB, and those men that uh, that gave the artificial respiration, etc., to Richard, uh, they, they would have been talking about it. So when my father arrived at work the next day, <laughs> he was confronted with all of this information as well. <laughs> so, and did he, he knew it was you. Oh, but he knew because I, when I got home, home, yeah, I was so, wearing I was yeah. wearing somebody else's clothes, <laughs> and I gave my mother wet clothes to wash. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Paul. Um, Richard, what what uh, what do you want to say to Paul Jackson? Your well, what what can I say? As I say, thank you very much, Paul. And uh, as I said the other day, you were a hero on that day, and uh, we'll have to get you nominated for one of them medals. Yeah, yeah. You. Well, uh, whatever, because you don't you don't the same as that other gentleman. Don't fair play to you. And and remember, and I, and I would like I would like may, may, maybe after after to go off the air, we might get your phone number. I'd like to try and maybe meet up yeah. and shake your hand. With your yeah. permission, yeah, absolutely. We did send we did send into Joe there a photograph that was in the paper of me, and that was that fourteen year old boy okay. on the evening <laughs> evening press. You look you look very well. Yeah. I have to say, I have that photograph. <laughs> 
Well, you know, Richard, Richard and Paul, you know what we do? If, if it works out logistically, we're in Grafton Street on Christmas Eve between 9 and 11 in the morning. And uh, if yeah. are, are you are you at home for Christmas this year, Paul? Are you off in your travels again oh, around the world? No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I will be, I will be. I'm living in Castlenock now. So okay, I, well, we'll organise uh, if you yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. touch wood. We'll yeah, organise sure. to bring you in, get you your breakfast, yeah. and then we'll organise. Yeah. Richard, are you and you're Dublin as well, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah okay. I quite regularly go in to go in and have a look at you. Oh great, great. Well then you're coming you're, yeah. you're coming in this year as our guest and Paul you're yeah, coming oh, in as our guest. Don't meet oh. up don't meet up beforehand because the two of you by the sound but might run away and get married or something. Don't meet up. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Don't me. I changed my sex for that. <laughs> okay. And, um, <laughs> we'll see you. We'll see you, God willing, on the yeah. uh, Christmas Eve morning in Grafton Street. Okay. Excellent. And it would, Excellent. Uh, pa- forward to that. Paul, do you mind me saying you've a fine baritone voice? <laughs> well, I like a pint of Guinness, and maybe <laughs> maybe that helps to develop my baritone okay. voice. <laughs> okay. We might we might get you to do a duet. The two of you, but oh, anyway, yeah. we'll have. No, you don't, you don't want that show. No, okay. And we, have you heard? Have you heard some of the singers on Christmas Eve? And they, oh my God, the audience! And I keep giving every year. I keep giving them vouchers for singing lessons, but they obviously never take them. Anyway, Richard Clark and Paul Jackson. What a magnificent story! And to hear to hear the two of you sound sound in such good fettle as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we will. Great. By the way, we we nominated uh, James Nickel, and we will. Uh, with your permission, Paul, and it'll be yeah, you, Richard, yeah. that'll be that'll be involved. With both your yeah. permission, we'll give you the details on how to nominate you for those uh, National Bravery Awards. Do oh, okay, yeah. well yeah. done. Okay. And uh, see, see you on Christmas Eve. Talk right. to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. After that wonderful story, more rescues. Paul Small is in Dublin. Paul, good afternoon. How are you, Joe? What happened? Nice to talk to you. Likewise, 1953. That's correct. 70 years later, this story is being told now. Okay. I was seven years of age just after making my Holy Communion. Okay. And my brother was just after getting a bike with all little jobs that he was doing. He bought a second hand. And unknowns to him, I borrowed the bike and went for a cycle up along the canal. Okay. And I reached up to where Portobello is, if you know it. Yeah, of course I do. And you have the footpath, and then you have a little step. And, of course, because I was only a small little guy, you had to slide your bum slightly towards the step to stop the bike to get off it. Of course, I was cycling on the path, put my foot to get onto the little step, and what do you think happened? In I went oh, into luck. the canal, couldn't swim. The bike, the pedal of the bike caught the step, oh. and there I was left hanging. And I was, I knew any time I went to move the bike, I was afraid the pedal would come off the wall. So I had to wow. wait and wait and call. And eventually, this guy came along and heard me. And yeah. what do you think? He pulled me out of the canal. And bike and all, and uh, off we went down. He said, where do you live? I told him I lived down in Albert Place. Yeah. And uh, we got home, and anyway, and uh, knocked at the door. My mum answered the door. Right. She looked at me, and she said, what on earth happened to you? <laughs> you little bratchet. <laughs> with that, she gave me a couple of clappers. Oh, no. In the hall, of, in the thing, get in there and up that stairs and she get out of them wet clothes. Now, I don't know whether or not she thanked the man that pulled yeah. me out of the canal. But he, he uh, if he's listening here today, I want to say thank you very much indeed. You certainly saved my life. So it was, it was 70 years ago. 70 years and ago. And what, what age do you think that man, do you, do you well, have Well, I, I reckon at the time, thinking about it, he was probably around about 14, 15 to me. Oh, okay. You were seven. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a kind of young man. And, the, and, uh, and the, geez, the, I'll never forget it. Do you, and I was yes. absolutely soaking wet coming down. But the funny part, as I said, when I look back on it, it wasn't funny at the time. It was my mum get in there with, and, and give me a few clatters and did she across give, the back of the neck. And what she now, said, just in case people don't know what clatters are, it's where uh, your mum hits you a few smacks. Yeah. And what did she say about your communion suit? Oh, Jesus, don't talk. 
That, that's what she said. And your communion, look at your communion suit. Look at the state here. <laughs> you know, with a CGO at that time, I mean a communion suit. Was. You thought you were a, a real uh, little I man. Know. And oh, a little flash. Little yeah, Elvis. flash, 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 yeah. flash, flash, Harry. Yeah, okay. But, now, the, the the unique point about this, if, if we can jog someone's memory, is the bicycle. The bi- You slipped in, you were on the bike. The bike went ha- went almost fully in, but the bike, you're hanging on to the bike. Is that correct? Correct. And the, the bike is being held on to, to the bank by its pedal. Correct. And you were worried the pedal was going to slip. And correct. Could, could you swim? No, I couldn't. Hadn't got to swim. <laughs> and, and, and at that Could time, just, Joe, believe it yeah. or believe it not, the canal, in actual fact, the amount of kids that learned how to swim in yeah. the canal was unbelievable. They used to dive there, uh, jump in from the bridge, Bill Street Bridge. If you remember Rings End Bridge, of they used do, to yeah. dive and jump in there. The amount of kids around that neighbourhood learned how to swim was unreal because that's all they had to do. There was, there was no money then. And this is where they learned how to swim. Incredible. I'm also thinking, Paul, the amount of children that were drowned in the canal over the years. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you another quick story. Years later, when I was about 16, I was out with the girlfriend for a walk because we lived near the canal. Yeah. And I was walking up along. Next of all, I heard this uh, crying, shouting for help. And next of all, I went over to the bank. And here was this little young fella in the water. Mm-hmm. And I laid down, lay down on my belly, put my hand out and grabbed them and pulled them out. Oh, brilliant. And uh, I, 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 you won't believe this, pulled them out and the poor little fella, he was absolutely drowned. And mm. the girlfriend of myself, we just let him off. And then when we walked up along to the geez, we said, you know what we're after doing? That poor little lad, we just let, left him to get home on his own. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he managed. Well, that was that was good karma. Anyway, Paul, you were saved and then you saved. Well done. Well done. That's yeah, yeah. Paul's and well mom. done to the man that saved me. Yeah, well done. Exactly. Uh, that's the, you're now, it, my maths tells me you're 77. Bang on, bang right? on. And many, Correct. many more years, please God of good health. Paul Small, joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Eddie, back to Ring's End. You were 14, Eddie Plunkett in Ring's End. What happened? Hello, Joe. Um, a long time ago, but um, after school, the swimming in Ring's End would either be in the jetty steps or mm. at the point. Now, in the okay. point, the Hamelin company yeah, used yeah. to scrap ships and long ago, they'd be pulled around to the point against the wall as close as they could get them and so on, scrapped them till they were finished. Okay. So one day when I was finished swimming, I see this nipper mm-hmm. fall between the key and the side of the ship down into the water. Okay. Good so God. I had to race around to the side. Yeah. Jump in, dive in. Swim in under the ship between the wall and the hull of the ship. And this fellow would have fallen down 10, 15 feet you mm-hmm. know, the, from the, uh, the top. Brought him back out, pulled him out. I can't remember whether he was conscious or what. Mm-hmm. Brought him around, and at this stage, a crowd had gathered. Okay. So anyway, they, they were doing the chain, lining the bellies, putting their hands down to pick up. The, the poor unfortunate uh, young fella. Yeah. So they hauled them up, the crowd then gathered them and away with them and left me stranded on the, <laughs> trying to get up the wall. So but, the hang, but the danger there, Eddie, was you between the ship and the wall. Am I right? Was yeah. there... And were you not, were you not frightened? Was the life not frightened of you trying to get in the, into that gap to get the child? Well, it's a long time ago, Joe. I can't remember that. Yeah, but you but did it. But you did it anyway. I remember now the, sh- the ship would have been on the bottom. Okay. You know, they, they, were, they, were, they weren't floating. Okay. And this left a gap underneath the ship. Okay. So he would have drowned for sure, you know. And you saved him, but you, everyone said, oh, the, the, the child, look at the child, he saved him. And not, everyone forgot about you, still in the river. 
<laughs> yeah. So eventually I was hauled up and went home, you know, and that was okay. the end of it, you know. Did you get any medals, awards, a new suit? Oh, I did. Oh, I did got you? an award. I got an award, yeah. What you get? <laughs> a couple of days later, his mum came yeah. down to my mum in yeah. uh, Pembroke Colleges. Oh, no, the said, man, um, yeah. are, are you are you Eddie Plunkett's mother? Uh, she said, yeah, yeah, what's he done now? And she said, well, look, he's, he's after the rest of you, my son. And I want to give him this bar of Cadbury's chocolate. What? And that was my that was my reward. A bar of dairy milk. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, there's a glass. My family still laugh about it. There's a glass and a half in every one. Eddie, um, the, the chap yes. that you rescued. Yes. What happened to him? Do you, do you know? I um, I can't remember his name, but I thought it might have been Clayton or Ed. Not sure. They lived up in the flats. Okay. But I often wondered, yeah, I often wondered, you know, I'm now um, 79. So I'm often wondering whatever happened to him, you know, was he, was he fine? Um, did, did, he, did he go on and did, who, oh, you, what, what, as I said to, to Paul earlier on, how, how, do you, how have you got on so far with the rest of your life since you were 14, Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, Joe, come on. What did you do? Um, I went on to become a commercial diver. Wow. Deep sea, obviously. And in the civil engineering aspect, we would um, oh, unfortunately recover bodies from the cars yeah. and the rivers. I was living in Cork. Okay. So that was part. And then the boom started in the North Sea. Yeah, okay, so of course. So I yeah. went professional then, went to dive all over the world for the rest of my uh, walking days, you know. And so you, so you travelled around the world deep sea diving? Yep, yep. Anywhere oh. there was um, oil, we would go. Um, Gulf of Mexico, East Africa, West Africa, um, Norway, Sweden, you know, all up around the North Sea. And have you retired? So, yeah. Was, have you retired? Was, oh, <laughs> well <laughs> retired. Okay. My last professional dive would have been at about 40 years of age is the max. Oh, is it? You're, you're kind of, yes, yeah, you wouldn't okay. be. You would be superintendent then. You wouldn't be diving, you know. The, yeah, you'd be supervising, the yeah. See, you're yeah. already saying yeah. it's a young person's game. Absolutely. Yeah. Like footballers, they, they've a span between 20, 30, maximum okay. 40. And Eddie, after your heroic efforts in saving a six-year-old, um, did, you, did you ever get into difficulties when you were deep-sea diving? Um, I did, Joe, but, uh, you, you know, it was professional um, difficulties, okay. if, if you understand okay. that. Okay. Um, yeah. The logistics of diving from platforms and um, dive ships, it, it, you, you would think it's dangerous. It's not. It is okay. very highly organised. Of course, it's, of course. It's marvellous. Okay. Well, great to hear you, Eddie. And what year was that when you rescued that six-year-old, do you reckon? Oh, Christ. Um, I would have been in my <laughs> late teens. Okay. You were you know, 14. 16, okay. 17. Okay. I was born in 44. Oh, great. Um, yeah, so... So you're in your 80s now. Both, I'm just 79. 79, brilliant. Okay, well done. It was, well, it was well, well over 60 years ago. Uh, fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Okay, it you, become you, a little story. It become a little story within the family. Yeah, you know, the barley chocolate was the yeah, yeah. reward, <laughs> which is lovely. Yeah. And Eddie, you reckon that child's name yeah. might have been Clayton, and he was from? Was he or from? Lo, or Ed? Okay, or, or Ed. Was, yeah. And was he from the same? He was in the. Sorry. Now was he from from your area? From he Rings was, of course. Yeah, Rings okay. End. We were oh, okay. all great swimmers. We all with the. He would have been in the um, Canamuni Gardens flats. Okay. He lived. Okay. So if he's listening, I wish him well. <laughs> okay, and I wish you well, Eddie, and have as much chocolate, have, cho- have as Thank much, you, have as much Cadbury's dairy milk as you as you want, um, and enjoy okay. it. Okay, Eddie. Well Got done. Another hero, Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Storm Debbie is gone, um, and Debbie did damage, especially to, I don't know whether you heard the one o'clock with Brian about Claren Bridge and Aaron Moore. 
just uh, awful, but thank God, thank God. So far, no reports of any uh, major injuries. Um, and well done to everyone who kept kept going this morning through thick and thin. Uh, Gregory Lennon. Gregory, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. What happened? Uh, Joe, it's this morning. I, I couldn't sleep really very well with the yeah. noise and yeah. you could hear everything banging and flapping around and beans moving and that and get up, have a look out, see yeah. what's going on. Nothing for a while, then go back to bed. Then about half five this morning I could hear something flapping on the roof. Yeah. And next minute I know I hear something rolling down onto the off the, the roof tiles and it and out onto the, the lawn. Mm. So I look out the window and I see nothing. Cars are still intact, no alarms going off. Right. And thought that was that. Get up, get me breakfast and go down and here isn't the the top of a a um, bird's flu protector or whatever you call it after damaging the bonnet of the car so oh. it just flew down from the tiles and lands into the bonnet and uh, marked the bonnet and, and who's, damaged the car well, do, you, do you claim on your house insurance or thank god everyone would say well, you, did you claim on your house insurance or your car I, insurance I have no idea yet but I, I'm in a rented house and I contacted the landlord this morning and I'm still waiting for him to get back to me so I have to see how that's going to to play out yet. Okay, so so what happens if you're in a rented house and mm-hmm. a bit a, a storm comes, Debbie, and uh, takes down part of the chimney that hits the car, which is your car. Yeah. And you go to your insurance company and say, "Can I claim for this damage?" And they say, "What happened, to you?" And you said, "Well, actually, nothing happened. To me it happened. The car was stopped. It was parked, and I got hit by yeah. a, a bit of a flying chimney." <laughs> Something what, like that. And what happens? I saw you saw the photographs today online of the, the flying trampolines. Yeah. The flying trampolines. Yeah. What happens? God forbid, which does happen. What happens? One of them takes off during Debbie, and uh, lands out on the road and hits a car. That's the least of my worries. I, I'm worried about children. But that's that's the least. Of, it's a it's a real. Um, I don't know the, the world conundrum, of insurance. Right. It's a real conundrum. Does it affect your work, by the way? It it does. The car is is used for work, so there's it's a limo, okay. so, there's, so it's a nice car. It's an A8, and I use it for bringing people around. And oh, I was well. in it this morning to to do work. People need to get where they have to go, and you know. Okay, and you're in Ballymahan in County Longford. Was it particularly bad right, down yeah. there near Centre Park? Um, it was now at at five o'clock this morning. It was, but I was booked in from the day before, so I had to go. And you know, when you're in business, you give commitments that you're going to do okay. it. And I said I was going to do it. They had to be where they had to be. And, you know, I had to pick them up. So, okay. you have to honour those commitments. By the way, the most important, given the weather, we're now having three degrees yesterday morning. Can you light the fire? Um, <laughs> I haven't checked that now. Well, be careful. I have gas anyway, so I'll have to okay. back up anyway, so I'm not stuck. Provided okay. the power of, I, I can run the gas. Okay. Well done, Gregory. Safe and sound. That's the main thing for everyone. That is the For everyone. Job. For everyone. Uh, and the government have announced in the last hour, as you know, that the, the scheme, the humanitarian scheme, they call it, that they introduced for uh, Middleton and other affected areas is automatically extended to Claren Bridge and I think all of Galway and that's done through the uh, Red Cross and they can pay out uh, money immediately to help people try and get back on their feet. I heard that Londis shop owner and thank God, thank God his colleague mm. who's trapped in the deli uh, was saved by the local fire service. So brilliant, brilliant. That's the, that's all I want to hear that people are, yeah. are safe and sound. Okay, Gregory, good to meet him. Good guard, Duffy's on sound. Shane Galvin's our BCO and producers, uh, Nadine Maloney and Ray Darcy next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie